This anointed teaching by Apostle Theo Volmerans comes to you from Christian Family Church International. This morning's message is titled, In My Father's House Are Many Mansions. I go to prepare a place for you. Spoken by the Lord Jesus. Yeah, in John 14, verse 2. Open your Bibles, please. Jesus said, In my Father's house are many mansions, and if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus said when he left that he's going to prepare a place for God's children in heaven. A mansion, if you would. A mansion. A beautiful dwelling place for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. Something very exciting to look forward to, an eternal home. A home beyond your wildest dreams and imaginations. And remember, God created you, and God knows what you like and what you don't like. And I believe your home is custom built for your specific likes. How's that? All right. And we are going to live in heaven as one big, huge family, everybody loving everybody, everybody knowing everybody, as family. Amen? With the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And all the angels and all the saints of old, like David and Jethro, and we're going to see Samson. We're going to see Elijah and Elisha. Daniel, Paul the Apostle, all the Apostles of Jesus. Isn't that going to be wonderful? Amen. All right, so now, is there something we have to do to contribute to our mansion? Or is it just automatic that we all get one? How thinkest thou? Is there something that we as the children of God have to do to contribute towards getting a mansion? Let's find out what the word says. Matthew 10, 42. The Lord Jesus said, And if you give even a cup of cold water to one of the least of my followers, you will surely be rewarded. You will surely be rewarded. So say this. When we serve, not only are we building God's kingdom on earth, but we are also building our mansion in heaven at the same time. So Jesus said, whatever I do for the least Christian, I shall receive my reward. Not only down here, but also in eternity. Praise God. Everything we do in serving the Lord, everything we do in serving His family, is sending up building materials for Jesus to build our eternal mansion. We are sending up bricks, doors, windows, roofing, jewelry, precious stones, and all the rest. As we do these things, these good services down here for one another, we are sending them up. Let's read about that in the Bible. 1 Corinthians 9, 24. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. 
And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate or disciplined in all things. Now, they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we do it for an imperishable crown. So the Lord is saying everything we do down here is rewarded in eternity. Praise God. 1 Peter 5, 2. Shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. So God tells us, especially the leaders among us, to shepherd the people of God, the church of God, the sheep of God, to serve them willingly and eagerly. Verse 3, nor as being lords over them, and over those trusted to us, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive a crown of glory that does not fade away. Praise God. So we see again, the Lord's talking about rewarding us for what? For serving his children. Say that. When I serve the people of God, I am rewarded. Now, after the Lord Jesus rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, some years later, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, the Lord Jesus said this to John on the Isle of Patmos. He said, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. So the Lord is saying to us, that we have eternal rewards waiting for us. Don't let anybody stop you, hinder you, prevent you from receiving your rewards. All we do to build the Lord's kingdom is sending up building materials for Jesus to use to build our mansion. Say that again. Everything I do to extend the kingdom of God is building a mansion for me at the same time. 1 Corinthians 3.10 According to the grace of God which is given to me, as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation. And another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. So Paul is writing to the church of Corinth, and that applies to us here at the church in Jasper. And he is saying that he is a wise master builder and building a building. And he said that the foundation of the building is Jesus. We'll explain that to you now. But he says, and, but let each one take heed how he builds on it. So right here, the Word of God is telling us that each one of us are also contributing. We are all builders building the kingdom of God. All of us are builders. 11, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So that Jesus is the foundation of the church. 12. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw. Notice, we are all building. 
and we are using one of six materials or some of six materials in our personal contribution to this construction. And these building materials are gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, and straw. Each, let each, now watch verse 13. Each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it. That's talking about the day of judgment. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ as born-again believers. We will not stand at the great white throne judgment of God where he judges the unsaved. But the great, uh, the, 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 the judgment seat of Christ is to, for us to be assessed for our work in the Lord's kingdom to be, reward, to be rewarded, all right? So, each one's work will become clear. For the day will declare it, that's the judgment seat of Christ, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test, test each one's work of what sort it is. So there's my work for Jesus, as I serve his body, will be tested. Each one's work will be tested by fire. Of what sort it is. What building materials did we send up? What have we done for Jesus on earth? We will be evaluated by Jesus for that. 14. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. All right, so all that we do for Jesus will be rewarded. Anyone, everyone. He will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss. But he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. So Jesus is saying, when we pass through that fire, if our works for Jesus have been done for the body of Christ, because we love the Lord and we love his people, those works are gold, silver, and precious jewels. And if we have not done anything for our fellow believer, but loved only for ourselves, taking care of my work, my family, going to work, coming home, I'm too busy to do what God wants me to do. If I'm just living a selfish life, then what I'm sending up is wood, hay, and straw. And when I go through a fire of judgment, the gold, the silver, and the precious stones is refined by the fire. It comes through to the other side. But the wood, hay, and straw is destroyed and consumed by the fire. And so Jesus, or the Bible says here, that he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. That means they'll come through on the other side naked, with nothing to show for their life on earth. Nothing to show for their lifetime on earth. My dear brother and sister in Christ, children of God, this is a serious matter. 
It's a serious matter. And I'm sharing this with you today because I care about your eternity. I deeply want you to be blessed on Judgment Day. That day is coming. It's inevitable. It's closer now than it has ever been. And once your spirit leaves your body, there's no way you can fix anything. It's too late. This is a moment in time. Time is a very short space in eternity. And this is a moment in the dispensation of time. Let's evaluate now what our eternity will look like. Let's think soberly, child of God. You will thank me for eternity that you heard this message. And you'll thank God for eternity that he brought you here today because this is going to change your eternity. Thank you for those holy amens. Some Christians don't ever do anything for Jesus. They don't do anything for his children. They live a selfish life. What does God say about people who live selfish lives? We should know about that. What does he say? Let's find out. Romans 2 verse 8, New Living Translation. But God will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves. He'll pour out his anger and wrath on who? The great sinners? No, no, no. Them too. But on those who live for themselves. You see, here's the reason. God created you and me. God died on the cross for you and me. We would be spending eternity in hell if it were not for the sacrifice and pain of our Creator. And then after all that, we don't do anything He wants us to do. We just live for ourselves. The Bible says, you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body and your spirit which belongs to God. Our time on earth should be spent serving Him in gratitude and worshiping Him in appreciation for what He did for us. I appreciate the enthusiasm here. I know you're a lot more enthusiastic about this than you realize. That's fine. Those that live for themselves are sending up to heaven wood, hay, and straw. Other Christians serve Jesus and his children in faith, and that is gold, silver, and precious stones that they are sending up. If someone was going to break into your house tonight at 1 o'clock in the morning, and I happen to find out about it, Okay, let's say I heard they're coming to murder you tonight at 1 o'clock in the morning and I found out about it. How many of you would want me to tell you so you could be ready for that scoundrel or how many of you would just not want to know at all? How many of you would want to know? Half of you. The, other, the others of you that just don't mind, let the guy come in and kill me. That's fine. I know some folks would say, no, I don't want to know, Apostle Theo, don't tell me because I don't want to be scared until one in the morning. 
I don't live by lost three hours in fear. How dumb can you be? You still breathe. That's like the guy sleeping in his cabin on the Titanic. And somebody bashes on the door. The ship is sinking. The ship is sinking. And he shouts back, don't scare me. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> Judgment is coming, child of God. We have to stand before the Lord. Are you ready? Let's read about Judgment Day. Matthew 25, 31. When the Son of Man, Jesus, comes in His glory and all His holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. Just tell Him I'm in a meeting. He will separate the sheep from the goats. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left hand. Now somebody said, well, praise God. That's for the sheep to the goats. I don't have to be there. No, <laughs> this is for people. Then the king will say to those on the right hand, come you blessed to my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's the sheep. Because, you're going to heaven, because for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous answered and saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry and, and, and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When do we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when do we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Say that whatever I do, if I visit the sick uh, Christian or give food to the weak, sick Christian, I'm giving it to Jesus. So Jesus is talking about those who are serving his children and reaching out to the lost. They are the sheep at that judgment day. Now Jesus is going to talk about those who do nothing for his kingdom, right? They're born again, but they don't do anything for Jesus. Jesus is going to talk to them who live a selfish life. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was thirsty and you gave me no food. I was, uh, I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not take me in. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and a prisoner did not visit me. Then they also will answer him saying, Lord, when do we see you hungry or thirsty or stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them saying, I assure you, I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. You saw me sick and ignored me. You saw me hungry and ignored me. And these will go away. 
into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Children of God, these are sobering thoughts. Jesus, the judge of our eternal soul, said these words. I just read you what he said. We should take this seriously. Please, I beg you. You're going to have to stand before those words one day. Lift your right up and say, lift your right hand and say, I must serve my fellow man. I must serve Jesus by serving the body of Christ, being active in the kingdom of God. And I will be greatly rewarded. But there's a serious problem for those who ignore this request from Jesus. Amen. Are you still glad you came to church this morning? Now, I'm going to show you a little video. It's about three minutes long. And this video is very powerful. It's about a Sunday school teacher. All right, roll the video. Came across this very interesting story about a man called Kimball. Apparently he was a Sunday school teacher who just wanted to serve God. He would show up to church every Sunday and serve faithfully in teaching the little children about Jesus Christ. He was a Sunday school teacher who had a great passion who wanted to do more than just doing it on Sundays. So during the weekdays, he would actually follow through with all the children who came to his class on Sunday to make sure that they understood who Jesus was and to help them understand a better relationship with him. And there was one kid in this class who came from a very rough background and couldn't understand who God was. So Kimball would take the extra step in going and visiting this kid in his place of work. And back in those days, you know, the kids were working as laborers. He would visit him at a shoe store where he worked and would tell them about Jesus and would kept persuading him about what an amazing plan that Jesus had for his life. And finally, in the back of the store, this little young kid, you know, accepts Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And his name was D.L. Moody, an amazing man of God. And because someone called Richard Kimball decided he was going to pursue him. But here's the interesting thing. The story doesn't end there. The story actually begins there. Because D.L. Moody received this incredible salvation experience. and says, i got to do something about it. Quits his job and begins preaching the gospel. And God uses D.L. Moody to go throughout the whole world. And when D.L. Moody was traveling in the United States, there was a man called Wilbur Chaplin who hears the message of D.L. Moody in one of the evangelistic crusades and responds to the message says, I gotta, I gotta do something for Jesus. And Wilbur Chapman then begins to preach the gospel himself. And while Wilbur Chapman is preaching the gospel, a baseball player who was well known in America listens to the message of Wilbur Chapman. At the end of his crusade, he comes up and gives up his life to Jesus. And his name was Billy Sunday. And Billy Sunday, right after he receives Jesus, quits his career in baseball and says, I'm going to devote the rest of my life in serving Jesus Christ. So he begins to do crusades just like Wilbur Chapman does. And as Billy Sunday begins preaching the gospel, a man called Mordecai Ham, who is a very astute gentleman, who is very refined, who is seated in his crusade, hears the message of Jesus Christ, stands up and gives his life for Jesus Christ. And this guy, Mordecai Ham, goes to a little town called Charlotte in North Carolina, and he's preaching the gospel in the 10th crusade meeting. 
and there's a bunch of kids who were standing outside and they were saying, we gotta go in there and we're gonna cause trouble tonight in that meeting. And in that bunch of friends, there was one kid who didn't want to cause trouble, but he just wanted to see what would happen when they caused trouble. So he walked into that tent meeting to come and see what would happen when his friends would cause trouble. But as he sat there in that tent meeting, hearing Mordecai preach the gospel, something within him resonated. And he said, I got to respond to this. So he went the next night, and the next night when he heard the gospel, he went up to the altar and gave his life to Jesus Christ. His name was Billy Graham. And Billy Graham, hold on, I'm not done yet. Billy Graham, till date, it has been estimated that through the ministry of Billy Graham, 2.2 billion people have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ through the ministry of Billy Graham. It all began in a chain of series with a man called Kimball, a Sunday school teacher. All people who said, I'm going to be devoted with the gifting that God has placed in my life. I'm going to do it every Sunday sincerely. I'm going to go out of my way and I'm going to tell these kids about Jesus. And what he started ended up reaching 2.2 billion people and more because we're not taking into account all the other people who got saved through all the other evangelists who were saved in the process as well. Never underestimate what God can do through a simple act of service that you do for His kingdom. You need to recognize that what God has given, whether you think it's significant or not, in God's eyes, is absolutely significant. Can you give the Lord some praise? Do we understand why we need to serve the Lord? Now, people living today in little shacks, some are living in mansions. But those who serve the Lord will have mansions in heaven. And it's possible that some who are living in shacks today will have mansions in eternity. And it's possible that those who are living in mansions today will have shacks in eternity. That's a bit sobering, isn't it? Now, family, we're going to close this morning with a few scriptures. That are not scriptures, confessions. I would like to lead you to confess with me. Because Jesus said in Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. So we've got to put God first and all the blessings come. And I want to encourage you to join Growth Track. In Growth Track, you will learn about your talents, the anointing on your life, your gifts. You'll learn about this ministry. And you'll understand what God is specifically calling you to do. And then you'll be able to be directed to several options of where you can serve in the kingdom, in the house of God. The growth track, part one, two, and three, four, runs every Sunday, every Saturday as well. After this service, you can go in 15 minutes' time and do part four. And then next weekend, start with part one. I'll encourage you to do that. Rather start at part one next Sunday after this service. It's a one-hour course, four hours, one hour per week, and it'll change your life, okay? Say this with me, please. CFC Janisburg is growing 
This church is in revival. We will accomplish in Janusburg, in South Africa, and in the world all that God has raised us up to do. I am a worshiper. I love to worship God. I feed my faith on God's Word. I love reading the Word of God. I speak the blessings of God into existence, into my life. I am a soul winner. I love witnessing to the lost. I continue to invite people to CFC Janusburg. I am a tither. I faithfully return to God. His 10% of every paycheck. I live in God's favor. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I am anointed of God. When I pray for the sick, they are healed. I am prospering. I am continually receiving ideas from God how to prosper. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I am continually receiving instruction from Jesus. I know what to do in every situation. I love to pray. I love to spend time with God. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchsa.com. Thank you.